On this episode of Exactly How Podcast and YouTube Show, we uncover exactly how to get started in real estate, setting goals, building your team, and making offers. You're listening to the Exactly How Podcast, where you'll hear the underground, closely guarded wealth building secrets of successful people around the globe. Discover exactly how to improve your mental, physical, and financial health. Feel better, make more money, live, give, and prosper. In today's exciting, fast-paced world, filled with opportunity for those who know exactly how. Welcome to the Exactly How podcast and YouTube show, brought to you by Connected Investors. And during this episode, you're gonna discover exactly how to get started with your first investment. Now, for those of you who are new, my name is Sean Young, today's host and proud member of the Connected Investors community. Before I introduce you to our incredible guest speaker, I wanna make a request that if at any point in the show, you like what you're hearing, please give us a thumbs up or subscribe to the show so that you don't miss an episode. And make sure to take a look at the description in this episode as we've packed it with thousands of dollars in free resources. Today, we have the privilege to learn from a woman who created a killer business from home. Now, prior to her current career in real estate, she was in the US Army, guys. But all that changed when she was diagnosed with a heart condition that changed the direction of her business. Now, I would like to describe our guest as driven, a go-getter. So let me introduce you to the one, the only, Erin Helley. Erin, thanks for being a guest on today's show. Hey, Sean. Thank you for that awesome introduction. I'm so happy to be here. Before we dive into exactly how to start investing in real estate, Erin, you contribute a lot of your success to your disciplines through KPIs and routines. Why do you think that's played such a big role in your success? I think that that's what's allowed me to scale this. And that's what's allowed me to get better every single day and just constantly take it up a notch and just continue to accomplish more and, you know, faster than I ever thought. I just, I just have the discipline. I I put it down on paper and I commit to it and I get it done. And and what are some of those important KPIs that you would say are are key to your success? Are those like all KPIs or... So I have a couple different ones. I, I basically like every single day I work on networking, no matter what I do some networking every single day. So I do some social media networking, just Instagram, like getting out, getting my name out there, commenting on uh, some of the other like big posts and big action takers out there. I get all over their stuff and I try to network there. I also get on the phone. I'm building teams in different markets and just constantly trying to add to our mastermind um, and just trying to elevate my game by bring, you know, connecting with other people who are out there crushing it too, and who are out there building their own businesses or who are like way far ahead of me. I try to kind of just grab onto their coattails and hang out for dear life. And so that's a big thing I do every single day. And then I have like focal KPIs each day of the week. Um, Like every Monday I write a blog post every Tuesday. I work on improving my courses and improving, you know, the things that I bring to my clients and on Fridays, I work on on marketing. Um, so I have these really specific things that I have to do every day, no matter what. And sometimes it's, you know, I hardly, I hardly get through them. And, and some days it's even going through the motions, but no matter what I do them. And even if I take like a tiny little baby step just by getting them done, then, you know, that's, what's allowing me to constantly be moving forward and constantly improving. That is awesome, Aaron. That is awesome. And that's super important, guys. I mean, it's like I say, it's like we've, we've said before, you know, just take build a, a empire isn't built in one day, guys, lay one brick at a time. 
and you'll you'll look up over time and you'll be surprised at what you've you know accomplished and what you've built for yourself. And once it's built, guys, it's there. So Aaron, those are some some key, some key nuggets. There. Definitely thanks for sharing those with you with us. Yeah, of course. Now now guys. What makes the Exactly How Financial Freedom podcast and YouTube show unique is that every show comes with a detailed action plan. We pull the steps out of the show and create a blueprint on how to implement exactly what we're covering. All you have to do is visit connectedinvestors.com forward slash free to get the key takeaways and resources and gifts that Aaron's gonna be generously allowing us to give you today. Now, as millions of people know, Connected Investors is a social network of real estate investors and a marketplace of investment properties. In the description of this video, I'll include a link to this episode's forum discussion. Tap that link, ask me and other pros questions, and see what other investors are saying about this very episode. Plus, we're going to make sure that you get our free training. So make sure you head on over to connectedinvestors.com forward slash free. Now, this is exactly how I make my money, guys. You can find properties in any town for pennies on the dollar with this software, and I use it each and every day. So, Aaron, let's dive into the three steps someone needs to take when looking to get their first investment. Now, before the show, we broke down those three steps. And uh, can you dive into that first step with us, which is setting goals? That was step one, right? Yeah, step one, setting goals. And I, I think this applies to most things that are important to you, most things that you do in your life, not just necessarily investing. Um, but I think you've got to figure out what you're working toward, what that sort of end state is. And for me, that's retirement. That's what I want my life to look like when I can retire. Um, so I think you've got to start there. You've got to get really, really real and honest with yourself and what you want that end state to look like and you know the more detailed and the more descriptive you can get it in your head the better it's going to be and i think from there you figure out where you are right now and you make a plan to go from where you are now to so you can actually get there and you know they're gonna there's gonna be something some incremental steps to get yourself there you know if you have you want to retire in 20 years then you probably need to have some deadlines at some 12 or 10 year plans, a five year plan, a three year plan, maybe a one year plan, what you're going to do in the next six months and even three months. So you got to get really, really specific and have that sort of backwards plan and have that incremental, those incremental steps. And then you need KPIs to back those up. So you, those KPIs need to help you accomplish those plans. And you constantly need to be refining those as well. As you have more data, as you gather more information about what you're doing and how it's contributing to your goals or if it's contributing to your goals. You're gonna do more of the things that are working and less of the things that aren't, or hopefully just cut out the things that aren't. Um, and hopefully you'll get more and more efficient. So I think that like, if you're, if you're shooting for 20 years from now um, that you want, you know, you wanna retire, that's what you're, when your end state is. At 10 years, you don't necessarily need to be halfway because I think if you're doing something for 10 years, you're probably gonna be pretty good at it by then. Probably an expert in your field, maybe way more efficient. So maybe you only need to be 30 or 40% by that 10 years. Um, but if you shoot for 50% at that 10 year point, then by the time you hit your 20 years, hopefully you'll have far surpassed your goals, far exceeded them, and your retirement looks even better. Smart. Smart. That, that is awesome, Aaron. It, it's basically like you're saying that, you know, before you even get started, you got to have a plan. You got to kind of know where you're going. I mean, what are you doing all this for? So, so mindset, you're, you're actually shaping your mindset at that same time as well, which I think is huge. I think that's very important is to, you know, have the right mindset going into our industry or, or into our business. So um, I definitely thank you for sharing that. 
Now that will definitely lead us right into step two, which is building your team and, and making things happen. How do you build your team? Yeah, so for me specifically, a lot of this comes from, you know, what my plan is. So I'm building a, a long-term real estate portfolio. So I know what, I, what my future looks like. I know, what that, I know how many properties that needs to be. I know what my monthly income needs to be. So I know how many properties I have to buy every year between now and when I can retire. So I have to build a team to support exactly those goals. Um, and my team is, you know, property managers, insurance agents, lenders, all different kinds of lenders, bankers, hard money lenders, private money lenders, um, contractors, um, you know, all the, all the different kinds of contractors, all the different people that can help you with your rentals, pest control companies, um, carpet cleaners, landscapers, lawn care guys, like all kinds of people that make up my team. And the, the more you can trust those guys and the better they understand what you're doing, the more hands off they're going to be for you, the more they're going to be able to work for you. And that's going to free you up to be able to do more things with your time. So I can continue to invest in real estate because I don't have to manage my lawn care guys every, you know, every two weeks, I'm not making phone calls asking somebody to cut the grass. That's something I have set up and they just routinely do it over and over again. And I just pay them when they're done. And it's that simple. And I like my team to tell me what's needed, right? Like I don't want to have to put my, my lawn care on a schedule because we all know that grass doesn't grow the same amount every single day, right? We know it's not going to grow quarter of an inch every day. So you only need to cut it every six days or whatever. It's going to, it changes with the weather. It changes different times of year. So I want my lawn care guys to take care of my grass, given the situation, given the environment. I don't want to have to deal with that. So by them taking that off my plate, it just gives me a lot of freedom to pursue other things. So that's just a really small example of having the right people on your team, the right people that know what you're aiming for and can do their job with minimal interference from you, with minimal direction. Obviously, you're going to have to start off like giving them that guidance, building that foundation and building that relationship. But if you have the right person on your team, they will be able to fully accomplish their tasks and what you tell them to do without you having to be involved all the time. So I think that's each member of your team is, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So any, if anyone on your team is failing, then potentially your entire operation could fail. So it's just important that you do that right from the beginning and build your team and make that part of your foundation. And you can be much more successful going forward and down the road. And then you're also able to scale it much more significantly because you're not, you're not micromanaging those people. That, that makes a lot of sense, Aaron. And you're not trying to be the expert in all those different areas. You know, you're basically delegating that, you know, to folks who are expert, you know, in those areas. So that makes a lot of sense, guys. I mean, it, it's, it's key what she's saying there. You know, whoever you guys have in place, they're, they're going to operate, you know, only as good as you teach them to operate, or only as good as you expect them or hold them accountable for, should I say. So picking your team is definitely going to be huge, guys. So make sure you guys take you know, the right steps when you're selecting your team, because like Aaron is saying, it sounds like they, they make your break, your, make or break your business. And her team is actually allowing her to focus on growing her business, you know, versus working so much in the business. So that's key when it comes to a business guys. Yeah. Now that takes absolutely. us right. No, sorry about that. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, I was just going to say, and then that you don't want to have to deal. You don't want to have to be an expert at everything. You want to be able to accomplish your goals, right? So when I was telling you about my goals, I, I want to build a lucrative real estate portfolio. I want to make 
$20,000 a month in passive income. That's my goal, right? Nowhere in there am I saying I want to manage some, my lawn care schedule, but that's part of that, right? So we need to make sure that every single person on our team does their part so that we can focus on that higher level goal and we can focus on working on our business instead of being like stuck inside of it and working on every little detail of it. Because if I'm bogged down, if I had to manage the lawn care schedule of all 26 of my units, like I would, I wouldn't have time to do anything else. So that's, I think that's a, a fairly good example. Of, and that's just um, one aspect, the lawn care. <laughs> right, exactly. So if you had to do everything, you, I mean, there's no way I wouldn't have 26 stores. I, I might have six at this point. So guys, that's huge. What she's saying is that she was, you know, having the right team in place, you know, Aaron was able to scale her business and, and grow it to a 26 unit, you know, 26 units. And, and that's awesome. And she's basically telling us that she couldn't have done that without the right systems and the right team in place to make that happen. So Aaron, you know, once you, you put your team together and you know, you've got things working, you know, smoothly, like you want them to work, how do you make your offers? So once you have your team in place and you have people bringing the deals to you, you have your agents and your wholesalers, people bringing you off market listings, the, you, then you can focus on analyzing deals. So you can focus in, on making sure that what you're looking at meets your criteria. Um, and, and your property manager can help you figure out like what a good return is in your market. They can help you decide where a good area to invest is or where to stay away from and what vacancy looks like in specific areas. They can provide you with a lot of information and contractors can do the same thing if you're looking at properties that need work and need renovation. So you use your team when you're looking at these individual properties and collectively, you know, you decide if something is a good investment or not. And then once you find something that meets your criteria, whether that's a return on investment, a cash flow amount, um, you know, it, maybe it's an appreciation play. You think that this particular area is going to appreciate significantly in the next couple of years, whatever it is, whatever you've decided on, once they meet that criteria and you know, you have, the backing and the support of your team, then you just get out there and make offers. You know, you don't have any reason to slow down. You make sure you build in your contingencies. You put your financing contingency in there. You put an inspection contingency in there. You can build in other contingencies too, especially if you're investing out of state or from a distance. Um, you can make it pending a walkthrough. If you have some, you know, your boots on the ground can go do a walkthrough if you haven't seen it yet. Lots of different contingencies you can put in there to protect yourself and make sure that you have the opportunity to go through due diligence and make sure that you're doing everything you need to, to confirm all of these assumptions. And then you buy the property if it works. Um, but you can't buy the property and you can't build your cash flow and you can't build your portfolio if you don't make offers. So, you know, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can wait for the exact right property to come along or you can make the properties work for you and you can offer prices that, give you the right return on investment or give you the right monthly cash flow. And if they say no, they say no, but you never know. Right. So you just, I just say, keep putting in offers and that's dependent on, you know, how many offers you put in is going to be dependent on how many rentals you want to acquire, how many properties you want to buy, you know, this week, this month, this quarter, this year. If so, like, for example, if you want to buy a property a month, you probably need to be offering on somewhere between like four and 10 properties before you might get the right one. Now, if your criteria, do you have, you know, the criteria that you're just going to offer asking price, you're going to have a lot better chance of getting in those properties. So maybe you might get one out of every two offers you put in 
But if you're constantly lowballing and you're only offering 70% of ARV or something like that, you're probably going to have to put in a lot more offers before you get the, you get a yes, before you get an accepted offer. So just keep that in mind. So that's what your KPIs need to be based on. Okay. That, that is awesome. Those are some great, great um, takeaways there, Aaron. Now, now let me ask you, has the COVID-19 pandemic changed how you make offers or, or how you're, you're, you're managing your team or, you know, has, how's all that been affected um, in your business? So it hasn't changed the way that I make offers. It has changed my strategy a little bit. Um, we're kind of stepping back from flipping just for, just to, till we see what happens with the market. You know, we don't know for sure what we're going to be able to sell a property for in three months or six months when the renovation is complete. So we are getting rid of our last property. We're actually closing on Monday, our last flip property. And we'll kind of take a break from that for a while. We're going to focus on wholesaling. And we're just going to keep our eyes out for properties we can add to our portfolio. I think now is a really good opportunity to get some, get some equity in properties, find some really motivated sellers who are maybe panicking because of the current environment or maybe the mortgage industry and the changes there are putting them under some pressure. So I think now is a really good opportunity to achieve some of my goals and then also um, solve a problem for sellers. And so I'm constantly looking for my next rental. I try to add three doors a quarter. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities coming up here soon. So just making sure right now that I have the cash reserves that I need, um, you know, access to capital and liquid capital has changed a little bit here in the last couple months. Indeed. And I'm just now seeing a lot of lenders like come back to life. A lot of them sort of sideline themselves for a little while, mm -hmm. which is a little bit alarming, which definitely made people want to kind of hold on to what they had. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good about my reserves and I'm ready to sort of cautiously start pursuing additional properties. Um, but there's going to have to be a little bit more meat on the bone, I think, for me to buy right now. There's going to have to be just a little bit more margin than normal. And right. if I do decide to flip um, or do something more short term, there's going to have to be a lot of contingencies and more, a bigger buffer in there than I normally would consider. Understood. Understood. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, everything you said just definitely makes a lot of sense based upon, you know, the dynamics. There's certain people who are out there panicking. You know, some folks just want to you know, get rid of that in, that extra inventory because they're, they're just uncertain about what the future holds. So you're right. This definitely right now is a great opportunity um, for wholesale success. So I love how you said, you know, you're just going to transfer from one aspect of, of investing to another and you're not getting rid of that other aspect. Uh, it's still there. You've still got those rental properties. You're just saying, hey, we're going to go about it a different way. We're going to shift our focus until the market shifts and then we'll we'll, re, we'll, we'll redirect and shift it as they know, you know, as need be. So so that, that's great, Aaron. And I really think thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Now, guys, as a reminder, if at any point in the show you, you, you like what you've been hearing, please give us a thumbs up or subscribe to the show so that you don't miss an episode. Your engagement is what drives us and keeps us doing this for the community for free. Now, Aaron, you know, what do you think your life would be like if you were never diagnosed with a heart condition and you were still working in the U.S. Army? And before I have you answer that, I want to say thank you for your service. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I think... Um... I would be stuck working for the man. <laughs> I'd be stuck at a, you know, a, I hate to say nine to five because the military does not work nine to five. It's more like five to nine. Um, and I wouldn't be, you know, told what to do, where to be, when to be there. And I wouldn't have a choice. And when I could see my daughters and I would be um, 
in a, you know, a lot less control than I have right now. And I would also be limited in terms of income and in terms of when I can travel and what I can do. So right now I think I, I choose how much money I make. That's kind of the, um, the best thing about being an entrepreneur, I think is like, I decide how much I, how much I put into this business and how much I get out of it. And I also have complete control over my schedule and I don't have to go to a meeting that I don't want to go to. Um, and that's pretty liberating. I, when I was in the army, I loved being in the army and I didn't really think I minded being told, you know, what to wear, how to dress, when to be somewhere. But now that I'm on the other side and I don't have to deal with any of that stuff, I, I would never trade it. Out. I would never go back. It, it kind of gives you an appreciation uh, since like you, you say you were in the army and I, I'm former military myself. I was in the air force. So I 100% understand where you're coming from. It's like when you're there, you're, you're just there. You're, you're all for it. And you know, you do what you have to do and you don't even second question or guess it. But you know, like you say, now that you're, you're done with it, you say, man, you know, I really don't see myself, you know, doing that for anyone else other than myself again, you know? So absolutely. That, that's a great, great experience and a great story. Aaron, we've come to the part in the show that we call the rapid fire, where we ask you a series of questions and then you give us the best answer or the first answer that comes to your mind. Sound good? Uh, I hope so. I'm a little nervous, but. <laughs> don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. I, I promise you it won't be, uh, won't be, will be painless. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started. On a, out of one to ten, how strict were your parents? Six. Okay. Get up early or stay up late? Get up early. Okay. How many hours of sleep do you get? Seven to eight. Your favorite or last book you've read? Um, Turning Pro is the last one I read. I have too many, the list of favorite. <laughs> okay. Who's the author of Turning Pro? Um, Stephen Pressfield. Stephen Pressfield. I'll definitely make sure to check that out. Now, Aaron, if you could be any superhero, who would it be? Wonder Woman. Okay. Now, something everyone should do less of. Oh, gosh. Clean. Clean their house. <laughs> <laughs> something everyone should do more of not clean their house <laughs> anything else <laughs> good answers good answers bitcoin bang or bust bust okay aaron will people live on mars in your lifetime probably okay okay well definitely want to thank you for uh, taking the time for that rapid fire uh, session and uh, you know, answering the questions for us today and guys you've all made it to the end of the show most people do not finish what they start, so you guys are special. Now, if you got any value out of the show, please share it with a friend or on your Facebook page. Like the video, subscribe to our channel, and send us topics you wanna to learn more about. Like I said earlier, nearly a million people use the Connected Investor social network and marketplace to connect. In the description of this episode, we've included a link to this episode's forum discussion. Tap that link, ask me and other pros questions and see what investors are saying about this episode. Until the next episode, you can catch me inside Connected Investors. See you on the inside, guys. The Connected Investors app connects you with investors, notifies you of available properties, helps locate cash buyers and secure private funding to close deals. Set up in seconds to become a member of the Connected Investors social network. Now you can scroll through your main feed to find cash buyers, see investment properties not available to the general public, 
and network with investors by adding your own comments to a thread to keep the conversation going. The control center is your connection to add properties to sell, start new discussions, connect with local investors, and even find private funding. The notifications tab will keep you alerted to new investment properties and offers. You'll also find new friend requests to connect directly with the community to build your network. From the property marketplace, you'll be able to find, favorite, and make offers on investment properties. Download connected investors today to find, figure, fund, and flip investment properties on the go.